Welcome to the So Verve Lounge, a podcast for modern entrepreneurs that focuses on digital marketing ecosystems for small businesses. Join your host, CEO and marketing director, Stephanie Rubio, as she brings you marketing tips with a shot of Cafe Con Dulce. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Sober Lounge. My name is Stephanie Rubio. I am the CEO and marketing director here at Sober Marketing Group. And with me today, I have a very, very special guest. It being the month of May, a month that we are, and we hope we're celebrating them every single day of the year, but really in the month of May, we are celebrating moms. And so today I brought on a guest that I just know you need to listen to and you absolutely are going to get so much insight from Miss Chanel. Jasmine? Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you guys about this woman. So we kind of, we, we, we've connected on Instagram, we've connected on Facebook, we've been this besties through DMs, and we always support each other, which is so, so encouraged, right? But the truth of the matter is, is like many of the people that I've connected deep on a deeper level with on social media, I have found them through other avenues. I found her on YouTube. How did I find her on YouTube? I found her through her proposal story. It was a vlog that she uploaded. She is a vlogger. And she's going to give you guys the spiel, the introduction, the whole nine. But how I found her was through her proposal. And it was just so touching. And I thought, I have to follow her on Instagram. Like, I bet you, like, you know, she shares her whole life story. And I love all that good jazz. You know, I'm an oversharer, um, even though I've come on social media towards like the end of the revolution, whereas like my nieces and, you know, and my my kids, you know, daughters and sons, they're all like all about social media. I came in almost to the back end of that, which I'm very grateful for. Hello. (laughs) But but once I got to Instagram and saw her profile, I thought, whoa, she's a a budding entrepreneur. Right. So I came into this woman's life, if you will, once she was ready to make some massive pivots. And we're going to cover all of that in just a bit. So Jasmine, go ahead and introduce yourself and let us know all that you are and all that you do. Hello, everyone. My name is Jasmine Chanel, and I'm a personal brand coach. And what I specialize in is helping female entrepreneurs craft meaningful brand stories in the online space. So what I really help my clients do is take all that baggage, experience, success, and failures they've had that in their lives and turn that into something they can connect with their products or services so they can make some sales and build a brand they love online. Love it. Love it. So your story for me, um, you know, we were just talking about it to watch the progression of how your business has not only taken off, but how you've truly been able to build it. You know, the word brand storytelling and even storytelling itself, do we overshare? Do we have to talk about the puppies? Do we have to talk about the dirty dishes? Like, as a brand storyteller, you have been able to do it in a way where you've kept your privacy, I feel, where you need you need it. And you've shown us just enough to give us let leave us with, okay, so they can make up their own mind from there, if that's if that's you know, if you will. Yeah. And it's been amazing because I feel in our space, definitely in my circle, no one does it better as a brand storyteller. 
right? So go ahead and talk to me about choosing this path of, I'm going to share my story from the get-go, because I know a hashtag that you use is millennial marriage, millennial wife. So does that play into it? You pay attention, Stephanie. I'll be looking at the hashtag. <laughs> yeah, so all of that is very intentional. And it, it did bridge from my time on YouTube because at the time I picked up the camera, I was in a really weird space in life. So that time, right when you graduate college, you're ready to conquer the world. And like you get your first corporate job and it's not what you expected. You're not making the money. You got all the student debt. And like adulting is a whole nother thing. And so when I was feeling all those things, instead of isolating, myself I'm like let me turn on the camera because I know other people are probably experiencing this same thing um, and so I just started to share and I got an outpouring from the YouTube community at that time of people just like I'm going through the same thing um, they were happy to just kind of see the ugly parts and try to figure out how to navigate and my audience has grown with me um, because a lot of them were fresh out of college at that same time that I was um, leaving college so they got to see me start and quit a couple jobs they got to see me start my business then go back to work get married have kids all of that jazz but yeah I am intentional about the amount that I share and yeah. a lot of people get intimidated about that part when it comes to building their online brand they're afraid that they're going to share too much or not share enough so you do have to find that happy balance yeah and even like even myself you know with the way that I kind of did things backwards with you know suburb I always think at some point I have to start sharing the story. Like mm -hmm. at some point I need to start sharing the truth of what this has looked like for me in, in my life. Right. Yeah. So when I, when I do pay attention to, to your teachings, cause there's always a teachable moment in every single Instagram story, every day such good attention <laughs> <laughs> because it's in touch it's yeah. intentional. There has to be an end game. And again, this is this, this for me, you know, it's again, it's so different because when you're working with a business, a core corporation or a small brick and mortar, where it's very much about the product that they're selling or very much about the service they're providing, finding that brand story really revolves around the mission statement, really revolves around the brand's purpose. So you can have a model come in and talk about whatever, or you can have a team member come in, but it's 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 a little harder. You, people connect with the with their the product that they're getting. With with personal brands, they're connecting to that human, to that one person. And then for us, it's been amazing because your daughter was born, mm -hmm. and like I mean, hello, internet auntie <laughs> over here. Like I felt so like. Where's the baby bump picture? I need to, okay, oh, is she going to the doctor today? Okay, she did the <laughs> glucose test. You know, like I'm always worried about the glucose. All of these things, it's like I feel this personal pull and connection to want to see you succeed and want to see you win. Mm -hmm. But the way that you've shared the struggles also has been insightful because it hasn't been crippling. You, you share it in a way that, yeah, I, I we, it's a serious struggle, but you know what? Like the baby's going to sleep in this corner for now and we're going to be over here and right. it's going to be great and I'm still going to do business <laughs> in the kitchen. I love that. So, so again, when people are choosing how much to share, what do you tell the clients? How do you tell them to determine that? Yeah, so what we have to realize, especially now as the internet becomes so much full of so many things, 
everything. So perfect pictures, perfect bodies, perfect makeup and lashes and all of this stuff. The more it gets full of that, the more people feel like there's not a place for them. And so what I try to help people understand is like you have to make space for the people who are experiencing the same things that you are, like they're experiencing life every day. And then building that community comes from vulnerability. Like you Mm -hmm. have to get vulnerable with your audience. You have to be transparent. And so I share the parts that aren't so pretty because I know there's another mom experiencing that and she's thinking she's crazy. And Mm -hmm. I remember what it felt like when I was experiencing different things fresh out of college. And I thought I was the only one, like I thought everyone was going off straight into their career and they were loving their job with this student loan debt and they were paying it off in two years and when I started sharing my story I'm like oh y'all are experiencing this too why is nobody saying anything yes, yes. yeah yeah <laughs> so, even yeah, into our 30s even into our 30s we're yeah. still experiencing that um exactly. you know as a, a, now let's let's get into the to the wife aspect here okay. it's a huge part of of how you've been able to do things having being married in and of itself we already said is difficult as it is Mm -hmm. I've been married for 12 years and I'm still learning every day. I had someone ask me the other day, so what, you know, what's the secret? I'm like, girl, hang on. (laughs) (laughs) It is a roller coaster ride, but it's fun. If if you meet the right person, you have the right partner and it it can be done. It can be achieved. A good, healthy, positive marriage is attainable in 2019 and beyond. It absolutely is. Yes. How has your husband, Kevin is his name, Kev, how has he been this instrument to, to, to help you pull all of this together? How has he helped the process? Yeah. So the, the funny thing is we got together in 2010. So we were 18 and 19 years old in college. And so (laughs) that, if you just think about how much a person evolves between the ages of 18 up to now, like I'll be 30 this year, he'll be 28. But if you think about things in those terms, like you change so much over that time. But what I always tell people is like, you got to get to the layer of character and I always saw his character from that age. Like he was the person that spoke to the CEO the same way he spoke to the bus driver. Mm-hmm. Like he was polite and treated other like women. If another woman was around, he's going to open the door for her the same way he would for me or his mom mm-hmm. or his grandma. So you got to pay attention to those character things. And he had a character that I knew would support um, a woman mm-hmm. being able to start a business, a woman being able to try all these different things and, you know, play around. And, and he does a great job right. and having our life on camera like a lot of people are not comfortable yes. with that. but I also give him the space for the times he doesn't want to be on camera I'm not in his face like those days the YouTube camera's not on him the Instagram story he's not in there so when he's you know playful and want to be on camera I show him but you got to give your partner that space as well because if not um you'll step on each other's toes and mm-hmm. what, I have, what I've learned as a wife is like in my business, my role is much different than my role as a wife. Like my role in my business is to solve every problem that comes my way. Yes. Out work. As a wife, I got to step back a little bit and let him solve the problems. I have to be there for support and provide the environment where he feels supported to make the decisions. Mm-hmm. But I can't step up as 
Wonder Woman every single all time. the time. No, yeah, because that's not that's not the way it's meant. And a lot of times, I have single friends who don't understand that dynamic. They think, oh, that means like you're submitting or you have to put your ambition on hold. And it's like, no, it's a partnership. There's yeah. things that I have to adjust. There's things that he has to adjust. And like being a husband and a dad is almost as hard as being a mom. I won't say it's just as hard. It's almost. <laughs> I I caught that. <laughs> As being a mom, but yeah, that that support is important. And if you recognize that in a mate very early on that they're not supporting your ambition, mm-hmm. like girl, that, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, again, that's that's a story I've heard often mm-hmm. lately. Yeah, of of now I had to leave the relationship because I didn't feel supported. And you know, my Warner, my husband, he's definitely not the Instagram husband. <laughs> he with him, it's like. Oh, they don't have, they have limited Wi-Fi. Great. Like, yes, (laughs) log off. Like he loves it. Right. But you know, I I tell him, I'm like, at some point, sometimes people want to know that you, you do exist. They're like, Oh, just, I'm here. Like I'm I'm straight up chill. He's he's very laid back like that. But I notice similarities in women who have successful pillars Mm -hmm. that they're building and not even the spousal support, family support. They have support of um, even congregations if they are faithpreneurs, which I know it's a, it's a big part of your life as well. So mm-hmm. in the family too, because you have now, and we haven't even gotten into the business. I'm, I'm getting now to, I'm getting to the layers because there's layers here. To the family, <laughs> to the family, you also have all these family members that are also entrepreneurs. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. How has that been to, okay, so now I'm surfacing, you know, all these women that, that I've met online or offline through networks, et cetera. But then, okay, how is that different than now coming into that space as a mom, daughter, you know, sister, right? You have a sibling, right? And then, okay, and then now I have all these things. And then now, now they're watching me because I just got married and they're watching me because I just had a second child and now they're watching me because I'm building the business. But then also you're servicing them because you're yeah. also there. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just watching all the things cause it's great. Yeah. It's like, okay. How does that work then? How are you able to differentiate the roles? Like, okay, I'm taking off this hat. We're going to have Sunday dinner. I'm putting on the hat on Monday cause now we're back to business. How has that been? So what's really funny and interesting is that at the same time I decided to quit my job while preparing for my daughter to come, my dad walked away from a career, two careers actually. He's a reserve military, so he walks away from that career. He retired Mm -hmm. uh, from the Air Force, and then he walked away from a 30-year career with our local electric company Uh here to open a skating rink. Because uh-huh. like, he loves skating. And we were like, what are you? That is awesome. So like literally two months into my full-time entrepreneurship journey, he became a full-time entrepreneur. My sister is international. Um, she lives over in Dubai. She's opening a brand soon. And so I'm helping her. My brother owns two local salons here. So I'm helping him. So it has been crazy. What I do family-wise is I try to service them all at once. So we'll all meet at the skating rink have our strategy powwow on a Tuesday and kind of get their questions answered that way versus Mm -hmm. back and forth phone calls and texts and things like that. But to me, it's also been like a special joy in my Mm -hmm. life. And I don't know what other word to, yeah, when you go to get this degree, Mm 
and you think, okay, I'm going to go work at this company and make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And the story doesn't play out that way. And it's like, oh my God, I wasted four years and then two more years for a grad degree. And then it's like, God turns the situation around and you end up using those same skills to, you know, form your own business. And not only do that, help create generational wealth in your family by helping their businesses. So it has been a fun ride to like use the stuff I actually learned in school Mm -hmm. to help my family specifically. And then also being able to help the larger entrepreneur um, community. I love that. I love that so much. Um, and and you you know I've talked about it so much um, online through interviews too. Like with you know with the the concept of Sarverge really came from my mom. And so to be at you know to be able to like again help them in this way and be a service to them and kind of say look look at all that I've learned look at all that I can do and see their growth and see that potential is huge. It's really big. Um, now I want to take then a couple steps back to last summer, I think is when things started kind of like, okay, this is not going to be it. Like, okay, the plans are shifting. I think it was last summer. You started slowly. I started seeing a shift in your confidence. Mm -hmm. I started seeing a shift in your confidence because that's when you really started talking about like this is not what it looks like. Right. <laughs> you were real. I mean, I don't want to say you were really unhappy with the work because you, you've always shown a level of passion in the things that you do. It's you were unhappy with, I think, let me tell me if I get this right with um, just not being seen. Yes. Like I'm not being seen. I'm not being heard. I'm not, I don't, I don't feel valued. Ooh, yes. So huge for any team. My, my team members, if you're listening, you're not looking. Because it's so important. Because yeah. it's so important for team members to feel valid. Tell me what that specific shift, Yeah. how did that make you feel? How scary was that last summer? And what that was. Because I'm over here talking about it. They don't even know. So go ahead and explain right. Yeah. Well, and it's it's funny you're in tune with my content because all of my audience picked up on it. And when I announced that I quit, everybody was like, I knew it. Like they yeah. felt it coming because they picked up on the shift. Yeah. And that's why it's so important also to listen to what your mind and your intuition is telling you about a situation because that's when you know it's time to to mm-hmm. make that move. And it's like you can't hide it. You can't, you can't hold back. So what actually happened was um, I was working my corporate job. I actually really loved my job. I enjoyed it. What I did, I was a um, brand manager for a nonprofit that served at-risk girls specifically. And what our job was, was to keep girls out of the juvenile justice system. So I loved every minute of sharing those girls' story, managing the social media, all of that stuff. Um, I had a really, really amazing boss. She got a greater opportunity and moved on to a different company. So once she left, (laughs) things in the office shifted because she had been my advocate that whole time. I had growth opportunities over and over. She really did a really good job. And I actually get to work with her now as a freelancer, which is, again, God has an amazing way of like, if you just hang in there, you keep the faith, he's going to bring that thing back to you. But um, she was an amazing boss. She left to work for a bigger company. Mm -hmm. And so for a while there, I I wasn't reporting to anyone, but I was a department of one. So not only were they looking to me to manage my role, I'm now managing almost a chief level role. She was Mm -hmm. at the C-suite level. And so all of those tasks, a lot of them got thrown on me, but there was no change in compensation. There was no change in, we recognize that this is being thrown on you. 
yeah. and it's crazy, but you're handling it. It was none of that. And then eventually after about six or seven months of the role being empty, they filled the role, but they filled it with somebody who was the complete opposite, very hands off, not like she was good at recognition. My previous boss, she was really good at like finding your, your talents and honing in on those and cultivating those. The person they replaced her with was not that, not touchy, mm. not warm and fuzzy, any of that. And so we butt heads a lot. And he came from a very different industry. The work in the nonprofit world is very heart centered. Like yes. people's lives are on the line ultimately if we don't get this right. And so I cared and I was very passionate about these are at risk girls. They've experienced trauma. I want to tell their stories in a way that's empowering. When the marketing went away from a way that I was empowering those girls' story, I couldn't like I couldn't sleep at night trying to do it. Mm. So my voice wasn't being heard. They were taking all the projects in a different direction. And then there were conversations around um, adding a new position in between me and that new executive. And so I'm like, that doesn't make sense. It would make sense to just promote me to this new position. Yes. Adding a position and pulling somebody from outside. Mm. Pulled somebody from outside within... 14 days of her being there, she had me on corrective action. She had not been in her role for a full two weeks. And at that point was when I realized I've been at that company almost four years. If you guys are not going to recognize your star pupil, like wilting over here in the corner, yeah. you're not going to recognize the value not being the same, the girls mm-hmm. not receiving this person the same. Like ultimately, I really cared about the girls. And if they are not going to recognize this, I cannot fight for this position if nobody here at this company is going to fight for me. And so people were telling me to stick it out, but nobody was rectifying the situation with this person you brought in from the outside that had no idea idea how things run. I was five months pregnant at the time. I didn't want to quit. My goal was to stick it out at least until my maternity leave, run that out, and then just not come back after the maternity leave. Um, But she was on like every day it was something. And ultimately, I decided to make the decision to shift. My business was doing well at Mm -hmm. the time. So thank God it was. I was able to make that shift. That lady did not last another two weeks. She left like two weeks after I was gone. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I remember. Yeah. Cause I remember I'm like, Oh, okay. So, you know, she's going to go on maternity leave. She's probably not, you know, and I'm so excited. I want to see what she's got planned. Like I'm just so excited about things. And then you were like, well, it looks like peace. And I'm like, what? <laughs> that took a turn. And so the scary part in that, you know, you had, you were, you, you had a clientele, mm-hmm. you had steady income. What other, what other fears were you experiencing at that time? My biggest fear was, am I letting my emotions make that decision? Mm-hmm. Am I letting one person keep me from what I think I can achieve? Like, to me, that was the bigger fear. Like, are you really going to let this one person? But it ultimately yeah. came down to value and appreciation yes. and yes. I I heard about the glass ceiling, but I'm like, I've always surpassed a lot of the expectations yeah. by just being excellent. Like my work ethic or my education or my intellect had always gotten me past. Mm-hmm. And so I hit a place where it was no longer about intellect and work ethic and integrity. And I'm like, there's nothing I can do mm-hmm. to push past this. So I either have to find another job. And at that time, it didn't make sense when I was being glorified by my clients. Like my clients were like, can I give you more work? Do you have more time? Like I yeah. was, 
So to me, that was a paradigm shift as well. It's like, we don't value exactly what we've had. Cause it's like when you've been beat over the head mm-hmm. for four or five years in a mm-hmm. role that you started to build that self doubt, that you started to build all these different barriers around yourself, not yep. thinking that you're worthy and mm-hmm. that your gifts will make room for you and that your gifts are where your money is, is it's Ooh. crazy. Yeah. I love that. I love that. <laughs> you know, one of my team members now is someone that I actually worked with in my previous role. Mm-hmm. And in a meeting recently, she said to me, Steph, I remember the day and time when you looked at me and you said, like, she said, because, you know, obviously we have these personalities, right? She said to me, you just looked at me and you did your hair flip and you said, I'm just here to get to this position. Because my dream was sales and marketing. I wanted to direct this. Mm-hmm. I had I had this Dang. huge, like, oof, like, oh, this is going to be amazing. I'm going to be the first Latina to do it right. with, with, um, with the, the entertainment brand. And, and I've mentioned it very sporadically in my interviews, the entertainment brand that I was working with. I was... They, they had built a scholarship program right at a, right, you know, for, for um, high school grads, and I was the first recipient of that. My husband works for the brand. My father has had a career after the Air Force. Once he retired, he's worked for the brand since. So I have this love for this brand. Mm-hmm. So I had this goal. I thought we're a family company, you know, we're, 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 we're brand people and we're advocates and stuff. And then it, it, but for me, it was so much different. I'm like, wait, my husband is the one that dropped out of high school and then went to college and, and sure he's doing great now and all amazing things in his year. But I was like, but I'm the one that did everything right. Hold, right. On, hold on a second. Girl, that's the main thing. Like I did everything you asked me to do. Like that's always like, my Hold life. on a second. I did everything right. What? Right. That doesn't make any sense. And so, and so my team member saw me, she's like, Steph, I remember the day you did your little hair flip and you said, I'm only here for this at the current role where I was. I'm only, you know, I could have a business if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And she said it to see you now. It's like, for me, it was scary. For me, it was a lot, you know, for me, it was scary because, you know, it's, it, for me, I felt, am I letting someone down? Who am I letting? I'm letting someone down here. And I know that that's a shift then. And that's a mindset thing. And in your work with, you know, you that you have this mastermind group. Um, I know it's a boot camp, it's what you call it. What are the conversations around the mindset of being, you're strengthening your mindset before you make these shifts or building up their confidence? Because some people are great at it. They can, they can start a business like that. Like I have, I have, you know, clients that are like, it's like, okay, we're going to start another business. Um, okay. But then for some people, it's like, you know, the confidence is not there. Like, not, I mean, let alone sharing a story, letting alone share in the behind the scenes. So like, what, what do you tell your clients when, when they're starting to have those doubts? What do you say to them? Like, you know, yeah, what, so, what does that conversation look like? Yeah, conf- confidence is a major pillar of my um, group coaching program, which is Boss Brand Bootcamp. Mm-hmm. And I added that component because I realized it didn't matter how much strategy, how many resources, how many things I gave people, they did not have the confidence to put themselves out there. Mm-hmm they wouldn't do it. Like it was not happening, even if they paid for this program or not. And so Mm -hmm. I added the confidence component and the mindset work. And what I tell them is that this story is not for you. 
this experience is not for you. This is for people who are going to be freed, who are going to start their businesses because they saw you did it and you're an introvert. This is for people who are going to be the first in their family to be a millionaire because they saw you did it. And mm-hmm. so I help them build the confidence by helping them recognize the value in the story. Don't make it about you. You've been through it. You've nah. lived through the story. Don't make it about you. Make it about the 15-year-old version of you who's still in high school right now. She does not know what she's going to do after graduation. Or the person who just graduated and they're experiencing the same thing as you um, experienced when you graduated. So I always help them realize that it's not about them, that it's about the people that it's going to help, the lives that are going to be transformed um, because of them sharing their story and because of them launching their business. And I always make them write that down. Like, Get out, get out a sheet of paper and write down um, what somebody's life will look like as a result of working with you. And so once they do that exercise, it makes it much easier because they can see, okay, this person has financial breakthroughs because they work with me. This person um, has a healthier diet because they work with me. And mm-hmm. so when they're able to see those transformations and take themselves out of the equation, it makes it much easier for them to share their story. Yeah, because I think that that is something that also happens. And I do see it happening often. Um, it, it was people that have, you know, the business and the personal brand over here. It's very much about them. And there has to be a level of separation because we're really tending to the people that we need to impact. Love that. So once you left, then came the big time work. And then I remember for, you've always been an advocate. I think of, um, you've you're a little bit of a visionary, but you also have these goals that you put pen to paper. Um, what are, mood boards? What are they called? They call something else. Vision, vision boards. Vision boards. <laughs> vision boards. I started. I did a vision board for the first time this year because of that. Because <laughs> I did it with my mom. I was like, you know, listen. And I love manifestation. I mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a I'm the I'm a, the daughter of manifestation. I love manifestation. Okay. I I it's just I, I and even even without trying, I feel like I've always practiced it. Right. And so. Even, even since I was little, it's just some things you just know and you just work towards these things. And so for you, once you left, what happened to the vision board? How did you have to shift so quickly? Because I know there was a quick shift. Mm-hmm. And then what happened after? How did that work look like once you were like, okay, so the platform is gone and here I am flying. Right. All right. So what's funny about my vision? So I had my vision board and then I also have like written goals. And on the written goals, I had my quick date as October, 2018. I ended up quitting at the end of August. So I quit like a whole two months early. And what's funny is when I looked at the vision board, I had nothing on there about work. Everything was about entrepreneurship. Everything was about uh, freedom. It like very specific words about what I experienced right after I quit. <laughs> on there and I never thought that I, I didn't tie it together I didn't think it would happen so soon I knew it was going to be close around time for the baby I probably would quit but I did not expect it to happen so soon um, but what I realized is that once I quit I had the freedom you have so much clarity when you don't have the stress of the negativity of a job I don't think how many people I don't think people realize how like I could hear the birds chirping for the first time like you know you're going through your life in this like rat race and you, you don't have the clarity to even fathom the creativity that you have, the visions mm-hmm. that you can, you know, the things mm-hmm. like that. And so the biggest thing that happened with the vision board is that I was able to step back and look at it and I had checked all that stuff off the list at the end of the year. 
And so it's like, if I would have stayed at my job, I couldn't have said yes to X, Y, and Z speaking engagement. I couldn't have said yes Ah. to go cover this specific event. I couldn't have said yes to this podcast. And all of those things that I would not have been able to say yes to that were on my vision board while I was at work, I was able to do them in the last four months of the year between six and eight months pregnant. I traveled to five different cities speaking. I remember that. I got to meet Lisa Nichols, who was on like my 2015 vision board. So there were so many things that were checked off Mm -hmm. literally in the last seconds of 2018 by me quitting the job. Like the quitting the job was blocking so many things like Mm. the the rooms that I was in, the private events that I was invited to speak at, people Mm. who I never heard of were discovering me, but it's because I had the time and the space to be able to say to yes do to those things. things. Yeah. 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 So I know that you've worked with coaches in the past. Um, and I know that that has also been a huge impact in your business, working with certain coaches, um, people in the community that we love and adore and advocate for as well, um, and support fully. However, now that you have been, you know, you put together the coaching programs, you have your boot camp. And now that you're full service entrepreneur, as a coach yourself now, and this is a question that I ask a lot of the guests that are coaches, mm-hmm. how do you see the industry moving as a coach, as a one-on-one with, with, with someone? And, and what are some of those pitfalls that you see that you want to be a voice for the change. This is because, you know, the coaching industry and those of you who know me know that I have very specific thoughts on the coaching industry. Um, I've, I've been very vocal about them. Um, I, I don't work with a lot of coaches because of that. And I'm very picky with who I work with because, um, you have to be careful. It's there's, there's lines that I feel like, you know, people don't, you know, people, people go into programs and then they come out and they're like, crickets. They're like, well, I just spent, you know, $10,000, $20,000 and I'm back to square one. I have, you know, I, I, I've, I've had clients in the past that came to me and I'm like, okay, so you, you went to the West coast, you went to this mastermind. Although oh, those people, oh, that's great. That's awesome. But then I'm like, but you're not from the West coast. You're from the East coast and we do things very differently over here. And so I don't know why you went over there, but we can't implement that <laughs> stuff because it's not, doesn't connect. Did they tell you that, you know, and I have those conversations. They're like, oh, they, they didn't tell me that. Right. So how is that for you? How is that? What responsibilities are you taking on? If any, do you feel, I mean, do you even feel there's a, there's a responsibility need? I think there is. And I think you do yeah. a great job, but you tell me, what that looks like for you. So, so my biggest thing about the coaching industry is that we have as a consumer have to remember that these are our dollars. And so it is our responsibility to vet the coach that we're working with, vet their results, you know, vet the process, but also understanding that once a, something is a trend, everybody's going to jump on the trend. And I really hesitated with using the word coach. I was very specific. When my business first launched, I didn't call myself a coach. I called myself a principal brand strategist, but I realized that was confusing to my audience. And they were like, wait, but are you a brand coach? And I'm like, okay. What does that mean? (laughs) So I had to shift the language because that's what the audience recognizes. Yeah. The coaching industry is sticky. You have to find somebody who aligns with your values, 
your goals and then can take you step by step to get you similar results. And what I've noticed is that there are people who are building full businesses just off the sake of coaching people. They haven't built a business. And so Ah. how are you a business coach and you haven't built the business girl. So that's why I spent the time building the business and building the brand that way you can understand that I can teach you how to build a brand. There we go. Look at my brand. Like there's longevity there. This is seven or eight years in the making. This isn't like, oh, I picked up the camera yesterday. There we go. There we go. People. And so you have you have to have built the business because the, there's certain scrapes, bruises, like lessons that you're going to learn in the phase of building it mm-hmm. that you're going to have to help your clients navigate through. And so if you've never experienced any of those bruises because you your business is coaching Mm. like you haven't built anything before um that makes it a that makes me a little leery so every coach that i've worked for had a functioning business Mm before they became a coach their their only business is not taking your money to teach you how to build a business like thank you they built something else tangible that they can point to and say, I built this and I sold it, or I built this and I pivoted to coaching or I, you know, not just, okay, I want to help you build your business. And this is my business telling you how to build your business. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And and the key word for me is always, what does the, what does, what do the numbers look like? Mm -hmm. Have you been profitable? Are you sustainable? Are you sustaining are, are, what, what kind of dollars are we talking about? Are we talking about, um, you know, dollars that go into a hat or are we talking about mortgage money here? Like, right. what are we talking, what kind of money have you made and how have you been able to sustain that build, you know, build this empire and then say, okay, for you, um, I, one of the things that I love the most is that we can, I mean, those of us that have been, that have been with you for a long time, we, we, we can see the progression clearly. But in your storytelling, I think that you do a great job at always going back to square one. And and even if it's a snippet of like, well, right quick, let me remind you that two years ago this looked different. So you do a great job at like, let me take it back. But then, okay, so this is what we're going to do next month. And I do like that because we, we do acquire new followers every day, new subscribers and stuff like that. And so I think you you do a great job at continuing to tell the story very organically. Um, for for me, it's just been a dream to to connect with you in this space. I admire. <laughs> Listen, I I don't have kids, right? Um, we tried for many years, and but to see now that I have Zoe, <laughs> I'm just like, is, was God telling me a message? But the way that you've been able to do it, um, I know, you know, as a woman. I, I always I always think, okay, as a woman, I know that there are things that I know for you, you're working for very specific things. I know that I know what's next for you. I can see it very clearly because I know that that's what you're not missing, but this is like a hunger for you. You know, the day I listen, I'm not gonna get emotional, but the day that you get the key, um, it's gonna be huge for a lot of us that have been traveling this journey with you. Oh, to have a dedicated office, these these little things in the grand. Are you gonna make me get emotional? I'm very emotional. Hello, hello, hello. I, I warned everyone. I warned everyone. Um, to to, you know, the way that you've done it in 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 the kitchen, in the living room, in the middle of a pile of laundry. Sometimes for me, when I see and, and like you, I have many, so many different women 
in my in my circle. And I think when I hear people make excuses about certain things, um, it's just like, wait, you don't want to go to the free event where there's going to be like the mayor of your city and she's so nice and I'm telling you, you need to drop the business cards. Why don't you want to do that again? Or sacrifice the kid's birthday. Like anyway, who celebrates a birthday on a Thursday? No, go to the event celebrate his birthday at Chuck E. Cheese on Saturday. Like, he will be okay. Tell him there will be pizza and toys. All of these things yeah. I've seen you do and the sacrifices that you're making. And so I'm excited. I'm excited for the progression. Yeah. I think there's going to come a point, um, and again, just, you know, for you, this is just me, that you will, the student will become the teacher, very much so in your situation, because, um, you know, for us that are married and with and people that have families, you, you connect then with not just the single women who are coming out of college, but then you're able to connect with us that are married. But then you're also able to um, connect with mompreneurs. And there's so much more out there for you that and, and such a wider net. And I'm so excited for it. I appreciate so excited for it if you are if you're listening if you are looking for a way to build a personal brand a way to tell the story in order to connect the dots and then build the business in such a way that is you know that a lot of us do it the other way around but people like you you're teaching listen why don't we build the brand first let's try that and it does work. I do believe it works. So it is much harder my way. I'm telling y'all folks, it's much harder <laughs> the other way. I mean, it can be done, but it is harder. It truly, truly is. Right. And so tell people where they can find you, tell them where they can find you online. What, what's next for you? What do we have another boot camp? I think we have another boot camp in the summer. You said yeah. you weren't going to do uh-huh. it. <laughs> so tell us tell us where they can find you and all the yeah. things so you can find me on, across all social platforms uh jasmine chanel and chanel is spelled c-h-a-n-e-l-l-e um or at www.jasminechanel.com but what is next i'm going to continue with my Bosch brand boot camps uh which is my five-week group coaching program helping women build the confidence clarity and content they need to um, build their personal brand online but also and it's funny that you kind of previewed this like I know something's bigger is coming I really do have a heart now that I'm in the thick of motherhood like adding an extra kid was like a whole new tornado that I did not expect because I'm like oh they're five years apart the other one is pretty independent so I do I do have a heart to help more women um, who are mothers and wives because I am still technically a newlywed like we only got married two years ago like we were together for eight years but uh, we just got married two years ago and I have a special heart to help those people because I think there's a part of identity that comes with building something on your own that a lot of women, wives and mothers are missing. They're missing out on that identity. They're putting their dreams and ambitions ambitions to the side to sacrifice for husband and kids. And I don't think you have to do that. You just have to figure out how to do it effectively and how to balance it. And so my next, next project will be all about helping, um, first it'll be mothers, but then eventually a program specifically for wives as well, how to balance those roles out. So 
no more self-sacrifice. Love it. <laughs> love it. So all of that information, folks, is going to be in the show notes. I'm so excited and connect with her. You will love her. Thank you, Jasmine, for being part Thank of the show, you. for being here. And um, we're all looking forward to, to the next step of the journey. So again, for everyone, thank you so much for sharing in this time. It's a little longer than my normals. Y'all know how these interviews go and this one was no exception. Thanks again for sharing in your morning with me and I will see you next week. Bye.